Anyway, sticking with the NBA, I was thinking let me hear was going to come today so I can drag him. Because the Lakers have won two games, especially that first win against Denver Nuggets. And they celebrated like they won the championship. And I'm wondering, oh my God, how the Knights are falling. Are you guys kidding me? You beat the Denver Nuggets in the regular season game. After losing five games, you won one. And you guys are celebrating. Somebody is calling Pasoma, you are playing champion on your coach or this season. I'm wondering, is this actually the Lakers? Kobe is probably turning in his grave somewhere. That was going on. I think for I think for what what Davinam is about is before you can fly you have to crawl. And <laughs> before you before you fly you have to crawl, walk then I think what the what why they celebrated that much is that the season was already looking so green and looked like they were going to, you know, down on that, but they look really good against Denver. I think it was not just the win, it was the fact that they look really good. Was the fact that Russell Westbrook was willing to come off the bench and he played mm-hmm. really well off the bench, and then it looked like oh maybe we might actually be able to pick out something from this season. I think that was that was really it was more like a a, a like a sigh of relief that oh this season is not all going to be all doom and gloom because the truth is if your if your if your season if your season is not functional, come trade deadline or come uh, what's it called mid market, you might not be able to do. Quality business like a uh, free agent and yeah. you know, because, but if you are rolling, you get if you are rolling and you know you are doing well, it's better. Like, for example, Russell Westbrook is playing well, you can actually get more from you know in a trade than this situation whereby teams are ad- asking you to add a, a pick to Russell Westbrook to get anything you want, not just so, a pick, a first round pick. If I, so, so, so. so so is it, I think it's just a case of a sigh of relief that. Okay. But but I saw yeah. I saw the game against them. I saw the game they played against the Pelicans that went into overtime last night. Yes, they won these two games, and oh, at least a win is a win. Like people would say now, a win is a win. But the Lakers, I they still don't look convincing. They still don't look like a team that will make the players in my own opinion in the Western Conference. Yes, and they're not they a very good have... side. I don't, I don't, exactly. I, I don't think anyone so my, so, miss, so my plight is. This these victories will only um take away the focus. Like Ropeleka, who got a new contract during the offseason, built a bad roster. Like to, to me, it almost seems like he's an extremist. Oh, I, last year you brought all these veterans together and everything. I like, yeah, championship. My guys, old guys. Then it didn't work at all. You guys didn't even make the playing tournament. Then you went to the other extreme end. You went to bring all these young guys with little to no experience and Little to no quality as well, because you feel like they can work hard. And I'm wondering what happened to building a team. Like, don't you see how the Warriors and other competitive teams, the Celtics, build their roster? Yeah, I think when it's too late for that. It's too late for the Lakers to do that, right? Yeah, of course. They, they, they have to wait until Westbrook what, is a little What they, 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 they sold for, except you are going to trade uh, Anthony Davis. That's the only way you are going to get anything. <laughs> Or you are going to trade and to the Davis damage are starting all over again. But for now, they have to write out what they already have in place. And I think what, what? to improve the roster, they will just they will just need Russell to probably play well. And then if someone wants him, wants to give him like a, a contract extension, two years to come and you know, maybe a franchise that is just in obscurity that just wants to make the playoff. 
you know, and then that's I that's what the players can hope for, so they can get I don't some. I think he's about two years. Like you know, the guy is going to be a free agent next summer. Come what the come hello high water. That's what he's going to be a free agent next summer. When he's eligible for trade, because obviously he's not eligible to be traded now because he opted into his deal during the off season. I think it's supposed to be twenty games or there or before he's eligible, or twenty plus in whatever number it is. When he's eligible for trade. You should trade him. Yes, he's coming off the bench these last two games and it feels like he's working. But at some point, he was going to decide, okay, this is not it anymore. Because if you look at what Chris Paul had done, when a lot of people thought his, his, his career was over at Houston, he has gone to the source and rejuvenated himself. So Westbrook probably be thinking, okay, I can go somewhere where I'm needed. Because before these last two games, yeah, he looked disinterested. Yes, he's not a good shooter. He's never really been a good shooter. But Westbrook is missing some reps and I'm wondering, what exactly is going on? This guy doesn't. It's obvious this guy doesn't want to be here. He's not enjoying it here. There's no chemistry. The, the aim of having a big tree is to build your team around this big tree. And this big tree are supposed to match together, have a lot of chemistry. Then, okay. The big three of the Lakers are not compatible. There's barely no chemistry. And to make matters worse, the guys coming off the bench are not good either. So, you better start thinking of, okay, hopefully, Westwood plays well, like you said. He plays well, he gets some value. Then you can give him out. And bring in one or two, even if it's two players. If like the rumors regarding um was the name of this center in um Indiana. I'm trying to Marstona. The rumors regarding Marstona okay. and everything. Yeah. You can even if it's a player like that or two players or at least that average of every quality that can offer you something. That way you know that you have a roster. Because at this point, like I agree with those people that have said but Pelika flat out suspected LeBron James this season. He almost like he looked at him and said, Oh, you know what? You just finished the season averaging 30 points last year. How do I make sure your life is miserable? Let's waste whatever prime is left in you and not be competitive. Like the roster is is ludicrous. And that's really where I can describe it. That roster is there are players on that roster that I'm wondering where did this guy come from? Like, how did he even get to the Lakers of all teams? You're not playing for the Sacramento Kings. You are playing for the early leakers. Like it's it's just ludicrous in my opinion. It's just what is what you, you can afford and what's available to you. That's just it's a case of okay, what what is available, what can you afford? And I feel like the Lakers they are not an interesting subject. They, they of course, be, of course. Be fine. They, 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 let's let's give them twenty games. See if they, they are able to even find make a do of anything of their life. I don't think they deserve. We should be mentioning them on this pod. I said eleven Jones rant. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't I'm sticking with the NBA. It didn't come as any surprise because now people are saying, "Oh my God, it's mutual consent." Because you know, there's this way the media can change the narrative, especially when it comes to white people or people that they like. All of a sudden, um, I'm making it seem like Steve Nash woke up and he walked away. Like, oh, it's a mutual consent thing. No, mutual consent is not resignation. Mutual consent is the owner coming to tell you that you can come and leave now. Come and be going. I'm done with this. Or your GM sacking you. Or your even in football, they like, sacking you. They're like, yeah, I agree to it. They would pay you off. That's not resignation. If anybody's going to pay you one hour. So at some point, it felt like, okay, the Nets needed to get rid of Steve Nash. I know you have been flogging this horse for a very long time since last year that they needed a proper coach to get to the next level. And so far, it seems like somebody somewhere woke up and said, Signal is not going to take this team anyway. Whether it's Ben Simmons, whether it's KD, whether it's Kyrie, whether it's the rest of the roster, 
like the nets just look like they don't know what they are doing every time every time they step on the floor i think so they should have sacked him to, before they started the season in the first place because what yeah, he I think did last, demanded for that. what did what he did last season was enough to be sacked he did not have there, there was no there was there was a game before i didn't left where i didn't you know the ball was rolling out of band and i didn't just stood there until the opponent went to pick up the ball and laid it up and there was no reaction from Steve Nash. he could not bash he could not do anything so it was obvious that he, he 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 could not do what was needed to be successful as a coach of a contending team because you can't you can't you can't say yeah, just even Steve K, as mild mannered, as soft as he looks, mm-hmm. always gets agitated when the players are not, you know, giving effort, playing defense and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. it was already it was obvious that Steve Nash was let, not just let, let me let me inter- let, let me let me interrupt you. Yeah, I remember a particular Steve K incident. Was it two or three seasons ago? The Warriors were playing badly, and majority of the starters were on the floor. Corey, Clay, Green, we were all on the floor playing badly, and Draymond Green called timeout. He wanted, you know, when you know in the NBA, once a game is beyond. Like you can't salvage this game anymore. You take out the starters and you bring you then game again for time. And then CK asked him, Why did you call time out? You guys are the ones that are playing rubbish. You will go back there and continue to play that rubbish till you can play it no more. So that so you need to be able to uh demand respect and get respect from your team. On if you have to continue to demand until you get it, if you don't get it, you keep you keep trying things to get it because if you don't get the respect of your team, there's nothing you can do with the locker room. So I think it was obvious that he needed to go. He 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 he, he was the only formula he had was play KD, play KD, and there was no there was no scheme to make the job easier for the guys to you know to get easy points. On mm-hmm. defense, there was nothing to you know to to say okay, scheme because everything cannot just be individual effort. You have to have ways and scheme how you want to defend, how you plan to defend things, how you want to set up your team. It looked like there was nothing like that going on, so it was just right for for him to be fired. Now, uh, the hiring of whoever they want to hire, you know, we are hearing rumors it will be Emil Doka. Uh, Emil Doka. Sure mm-hmm. I think it's just a case of. Josiah and Sean Mark saying, okay, let's just try one more time. We know Kyrie's contract is expiring at the end of the summer. Let's mm-hmm. try one more time, see if we can get anything, even if it's a conference final appearance from this uh, iteration that we signed, mm-hmm. you know, see what you can get. And if it doesn't work out, maybe at the end of the summer, Kyrie leaves, Kyrie Durant, if you don't trade, you can go, mm-hmm. trade him, get value for KD, now rebuild the roster. Because that, that's the only thing you can do at this point. You already have them there. It has not worked out for the last you know couple of years. Now you just need to try one more time. See, because obviously, if they had less Steve Nash there, there was obviously no way anything was going to happen. But obviously, with a new person, a new voice, probably with a new scheme, maybe even, probably even Queen Snyder can come. And you know, give them some defensive identity, and then see what you can do with the squad. So, let's, let's even let's even focus on the iron of the potential iron of Emil Dukan, which I like to an extent. But you know the way these things work. Like we've had this this conversation on the podcast before. We said this whatever the incident that happened in Emil Dukan is not something new in the world of sports in the US. Like it happens in every almost every franchise. As long as it's consensual and stuff like that, it happens there. But it has been blown out of proportion. And as soon as the report broke that. Okay, the settings will let him go. The Nets really wanted him. 
you could see some people already writing some articles about oh my god what Emil Duka did was even worse than we thought. Like, articles started to come out from different places again. And people were like, and the people that suddenly, some Nets fans were saying, oh, we don't want Udoka for someone. And I'm wondering, this guy, the only thing you can talk about this stuff is morality. In terms of this guy didn't do anything, he didn't abuse the lady, there was no sexual assault, they didn't force himself on anybody. Why is this constant backlash always popping up? I think it's just the way you know the way the, the media cycle work, the, the clickbait, how they generate news, and what easy targets. So the easy target is what they will always go after. They will not go after you know ad target, they'll go after something that they can quick, quickly win. So I think that is just the way you know the media has been constructed, the way they it will always work. Yeah, I I I I, I, I you know I like for example, even when Musiala was you know appointed to replace uh, uh, I was watching NBA today and then they went to go and bring out how he was uh, arrested for, you know, drinking driving incident in high school. In so I think it's just clickbait, easy target, who, to, who should we charge? Okay, this is the person that we can quickly, you know, put down. I think that's just what it's about. It's the way the media... Because, because Steve Nash has received less criticism for the struggles of the locals than actual people that have emailed that have even got to the finals. Like, there are people that have actually come out, pick up their pens and defend their stigma that, oh my God, it's not his fault, it's Kyrie's fault, it's Sean Mark's fault, it's a bad draw star. And I'm wondering, yeah, I know, I don't want to take it to the racial angle, but deep down, like people said, like some people said, even when he was hired, there was nothing in Stignash's CV that said, oh, we are the next, we want to challenge for a title. Let's go and hire Stignash. Yeah, we'll see. I think we we already know that uh, Steve Nash is a darling of the NBA. He has always been a darling of the NBA. Even if it was another manager, I probably would have been sacked after the first game. You know, of course. Everybody saw that. Everybody saw that I could not just handle the team. So we'll see. We'll see how uh, it goes. If it gets, <laughs> if it gets another opportunity going forward. In the second part. Um, the second part of tonight's show, let's just um, discuss the Champions League a little bit because now sometimes it's, a lot of people wonder why Diego Simeone is the highest paid coach in football. Like, yes, what he has done with Atletico Madrid since he became manager all these years back has been amazing. Like, two Champions League finals, two league titles, two Europa leagues. Like, he has done some things that would make you wonder, okay, yeah. But at this point, it seems like Atletico Madrid are not underdogs anymore because they obviously spend money. They bring in some players, they spend massive money, they have a good schedule now that's generating income. But for some reason, it is this Al-Qaeda football and no progress that seems to be happening constantly. Like, how do Atletico Madrid find themselves in the group that has Club Ruga, FC Porto, Bayern and they finish fourth? And the fans, yes, they've always loved um, Chulo and they love Diego Simeone for everything. But for some reason, there's no there's no development in some of these players that they got. Koke was wanted by Barcelona back in 2014. It's been very remember that they have Koke. Saul can barely get on the field and show anything. John Felix was signed for 120 million euros after showing promise in the Vega, like showing a lot of promise. Now he can't wait to even pack his bag because everything seems that oh you have to work hard first and let's come at it before you even show any flip. Like 
are the fans and the owners of Atletico, are they convinced that, okay, this is the right direction, let's just stick to Simeone and continue to do this? Or at some point, do they say, okay, this guy is the highest paid coach in football, we need to start demanding more? So, I think it's just a case of what can you do um, with Simeone and who can you bring in after Simeone? Yes, we already seen that seems like uh, he has lost the ear of the squad. Seems like we don't really know what's going on with him. So I think it's just a case of who, who, who if you sack Simeone, who do you want to bring to replace him? Can you even sack him financially? Are you capable of sacking him? So mm-hmm. I think I think that's just the main thing. What can you do with Simeone? How can you navigate? You know, Simeone sign uh, sacking. Who else can you bring in? And do you think you have you, you have the financial capability to, to sign someone? So I think that's just what they will probably need to figure out going forward because sometimes it's not just even about whether the quality of the squad or whether the quality of the um, team. It might just be a need for a change. And that's just all it's about. That's true. I think they, they can come point to this. Went through the same thing at Borussia Dortmund. They had achieved so much with the team. Champions League final, they won several titles. Like he had done so much for Borussia Dortmund as a whole. And there's a particular season where it just seemed like everything didn't work out. Like they just struggled completely, and at some point they found themselves in bottom bottom half of the table in the Bundesliga. Eventually, he left at the end of the season after they stabilized until they finished eight or so, and he has gone on to do good things, like very very good things at Liverpool, proving that okay, that was just a one-off. Sometimes change is not actually a party. Not everybody can reinvent themselves. Like maybe Fergian as a regarding a particular sport, maybe you reinvent the team or you reinvent themselves, or you try to make sure that the voice is not still in the dressing room. Um, sticking with the Champions League, just when we were thinking, oh my god, the second round might not be interesting, the second round might not be interesting, PSG have found a creative way to make it interesting. After last night's results, now PSG have finished second, and the team is eligible to face a like, massive number of teams. They can play Bayern, they can face City, they can face Chelsea. Like, there's an opportunity to have a very, very, like, a mouth watching tie come the second round of the Champions League. Now, when PSG do things like this and eventually get eliminated, the, the next thing that comes to mind is, oh, the Messi haters will say, oh, he went to PSG, he failed to win Champions League. The PSG supposed to be like, oh, I've been spending so much money, he's sick of winning the Champions League. Is it a case of PSG sometimes always finding a way to shoot themselves on the foot, like, okay, this Champions League thing, we don't want to win it? I think, I think you know, we can't 100% rule out the fact that sometimes, for example, the 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 the, the grudge match between uh, uh, what's it called the PSG and Juventus. You saw the way the game mm-hmm. went. I think sometimes things don't go exactly how you plan, and you need to remember that there, this is a new manager who you know is taking his time with the team. There's some there's a time that uh, Mbappe said uh, he wanted to be the mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that Bible said he wanted to be number two. You know all those he wanted he wanted to leave. Oh, there are rumors that he said he wanted to leave. Later I came out, he said he didn't say it. We don't even know what exactly is it. So all those things factor into what is you know eventually going to be how the team will perform. So winning the Champions League is never a case of oh, one player is better than everybody, or one team is better than everybody. There are so many things that can happen, time and chance, opportunities, conversion. Every single thing that can happen. So, I think it's a case of um, there's their containers. 
whoever it is, regardless of the team they give them in the knockout stage, they have the capability, the talent to be able to beat any team in the knockout in the second round. Regardless of the fact they, they are second, yes, it'll have made been easier for them if they maybe finish first so that they get weak, uh, softer opponents. But I think it's just a case of preparing themselves mentally and being ready to take on any opposition they give them. They have the talent to do it, so I, 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 I don't feel that they should be feeling any, any kind of way. And then, I think the knockout stage will be after the World Cup, so yeah. there's so yeah. many, so many things Dynamics. that can happen before the knockout stage. So many people that can leave, so many people that can come, so there's so many things that can happen, so I feel like it's just, it's just, um, how would I put it, it's just right. You just have to. I know. You have found yourself in that position. You just have to prepare for the knockout stage. I know as a Barcelona fan, you're probably not happy that Barcelona finished third. But somehow this year, it seems like the European League is the new Champions League because when you have Barcelona, Juventus, Ajax, like Bayern, Vakusen, all these teams leaving the Champions League to go and join the Europa League, like at some point we're going to have to switch like, attention to the Thursday night football. Like we can't just ignore Thursday night football anymore. Like for teams like Arsenal, Man United, they have decided, oh, you know what, our best chance of winning the trophy this year is the Europa League. If you can find a way to romance or pick up the boys that are with us. Now you have the big boys. Even Sevilla are leaving Champions League to come to the Europa League. Like at some point we start to pay attention, like, okay, this year's Europa League might be as competitive as the Champions League. So I yeah, I think well it's the same. It's the same thing. We're on the same page because, but I don't agree that Champions Europa uh, is not the Champions League. That's that can never be the case. The excitement, <laughs> the glamour, yeah, Christmas pass, everything, the quality is still going to be in the Champions League. All those teams that you mentioned that are down in Europa, they are down in Europa for a reason. They are not up to standard. So the fact that Even they are down regardless of their name. Yeah, it's the truth now. We're not, we're not, we didn't play up to the standard we're supposed to play up to. That's why we're in Europa. If we played up to the standard that we were supposed to be up to in terms of style, skill and everything, we will be in the Champions League. Now, January, come January, maybe some of them will have improved. Their style of play will have improved. I don't know. But as of now, the reason why they're in Europa is because they're not a standard, they're not up to the standard of things in the Champions League. So I, I don't think that that's going to change anything. Yes, the fans of you know these clubs will, will pay more attention to Europa for this season and then to probably generate more eyeballs for Europa. But other than that, I don't think it's anything funny. It's anything about, yeah, nah. Anyway, uh, I was going to discuss the FIFA World Cup, but we'll have to keep that until next week, just before the World Cup starts. 